We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS DFS Friday version. I am Scott Jensen, joined today as usual by Andrew Laird. It is uh, week five of the NFL season. We are a quarter away through the season. Seems pretty crazy how fast stuff flies. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We appreciate them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd also appreciate that. That'd be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us, you could leave us a bunch of stars, leave a nice comment. Does go a long way towards helping the podcast, a long way towards helping people find the podcast, which is also a very good thing. Uh, Andrew, it's uh, it's week five. It's uh, it's October. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm uh, kind of recovering from this Thursday night game that was total chalk city, which is my <laughs> right up my wheelhouse. And right. looking through the the Sunday main slate, uh, we have like a bunch of games that really aren't that fun. And I think figuring out the chalk, I think there are a few chalk plays, but like there may not be a chalk construction this week, which. Um, makes it a little harder for people like me who try to try to get the chalk as much as possible for cash games. So uh, I I feel like we've had such horrible island games this year other than or maybe Monday, Thursday. And so maybe uh, last night's Ram Seahawks game, which was fun, will uh, propel us to a fun Sunday. Yeah, we had uh, it was rough kind of Sunday, Monday last week, but the, the two Thursday games, at least two last Thursday games have been really good. Like Green Bay Philly was last week and that was a uh, really oh, yeah, good game. That's right. So I, yeah. uh, 
I complain a lot about the Thursday games, but it's been the other ones that have been like the Monday night, uh, the Steelers Bengals game was as awful as it gets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just thrown off because I, the ones that I happen to watch were the one, the terrible ones. I think I watched that, uh, that, that one Titans was, that Jags was and then Jets Browns. Obviously I had to watch that one. So um, <laughs> I guess I should just tell everybody when I'm not watching so that they know it'll be like an epic NFL game. There you go. So uh, the overall slate this week is interesting. You know, we've got these like obviously on the main slate. So we take off uh, we take off the Colts and Chiefs, which has a huge total. Uh, we take off the Browns and 49ers. It's an interesting game. Um, obviously, the Rams Seahawks last night. So you do lose some interesting teams and games on the main slate. But you look at this, uh, you look at the the overall, you know, DraftKings FanDuel slate. And we've got uh, you get these three huge spread games. You have New England, Washington's huge. Philly and the Jets are huge. And then uh, Chargers and Denver, like six and a half. So maybe I'll throw that in there. But then. I, I do like some pick em pools and stuff like that. I tell you what, the rest of these games, they all kind of feel like toss-up games. I mean, maybe Chicago, Oakland, but that's in London. You never know what happens there. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of games where I, I look at them like, I don't even know which team should be favored. I don't, I don't, I can't really get behind the favorite. Um, it seems like there are a lot of games that uh, are really difficult to figure out not only what's going to happen, but who's going to win at all. Yeah, for sure. And like none of them are really expected to be high scoring anyway. So it's not like it's going to be some shootout and you're like, oh, well, um, I'll at least target this game. I don't know how it'll end up, but like, wins and losses who cares um but yeah with the with games like this i did see speaking of the london game i saw a tweet this morning that said this was the 25th game uh that they played in london and not once has there been a game with uh two teams with winning records that is like it's impossible like, how does that even happen i how know that, that they happen? have team i know they have teams that are you know give up home games to go there but you think you get a year where you know one of those teams breaks out well like you know san francisco this year people didn't expect a lot they're three and oh but uh yeah that's uh the poor uh the poor london people that's brutal i i don't like the london games at least they um at least this year it starts at one o'clock uh, pacific time it's not like a six in the morning type mm-hmm. game but i don't know i just uh it is they don't do a lot for me but i i guess the people over there like them uh, more power to them What's kind of funny is that TV wise here, like you'd never really know the difference other than them talking about it like constantly, but like the product on the field really doesn't drastically change. And so it's kind of just an odd thing that if you turned on the game, uh, the, the only thing you would think differently is that like, they're like, Oh, they're playing in Oakland and there's no infield. But, (laughs) but then was that just taking a shot at me? Sorry, I didn't mean to. As soon as it came out, uh, I was like, oh, man, I didn't mean to do yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was not a good sports week uh, in my household. Hmm. Well, at least the Raiders <laughs> yeah. don't have to deal with the, tur- with the uh, infield anymore. That is, that, that is very true. Uh, yeah, they're not, the Raiders aren't home till November 3rd, so it didn't matter, but yeah. that turned out to uh, not matter anyway. But uh, you talked about the not, uh, not a lot of high totals. You know, on the main slate, there's not a game that's, a, that's over 50. There's only one over 48, and that's a game I really like. And it's yeah. kind of disappointing that it sticks out so much as Atlanta at Houston, 49 over under there. And then you only have three games total over 47. You've got the Atlanta-Houston game, and you have uh, Arizona at Cincinnati's exactly on 47. And that's kind of one of those, you know, lack of defenses games that uh, last week we had the Giants and uh, Red skins and that turned out to be a complete dud at least on the Redskins side they had three points and then Green Bay at Dallas over under 47 there Dallas fair by three and a half so a little more intriguing there but um, I don't I can't remember many slates that we talk about where there, there's one game over a 48 point total uh, it's ugly I mean I actually ran my little sheet here before and there were actually zero games over 47 um, like an hour ago so apparently Cardinals Bengals is getting got pushed up to 47 and a half at least on FanDuel uh, sports book. So, um, there are probably more reliable places to go for that, but yeah, it's, um, the, that Falcons Texans game. Like when you look at the slate, you're like, you don't even need to the totals. You're like, Oh, there could be points in that one. And then you look at the right. rest of the slate and you're like, Oh man, everyone's going to be on this game. 
Yeah, that's, so, how, that's how I felt too. I was like, oh, I really like that game. I think that could be like a you know, 55, 60 yeah. point shootout. And then I'm like, oh, well, everybody's going to think that too. You don't think there'll be 95 points in that one? Like what we saw? Uh, yeah, the, 95 would be nice. That's uh, that, that Rams Buccaneers <laughs> game. Like the weird, that was the weirdest. Like I even had a friend who's a, who, who knows a lot about football. You know, you think that game can go over at 49? Do you think Tampa Bay can score enough? I'm like, you know, you know it depends how much garbage time you get out of Jameis Winston. Right. The Rams defense completely imploded. Yeah, it turns out the garbage is on the other side. Yeah, it's uh, that was I was uh, I was in an airport uh, when the afternoon games were going on, so I kind of caught some of those, and I looked up and I was like, "The score is what?" Yeah, uh, and specifically Goff's line, like you have to, it's it's going to be was, one of those things. He that, was legit, legit terrible in that game too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you need to, you know, when you start looking at stats and you're like, "Oh wow," like the uh, Bucks give up like a ton of yards, and it's like, well. You got to look that Goff needs sixty-eight throws to reach five, yeah. five and change. So, like, I don't know. It's um, that's a weird one. And you uh, DM me last night. You're like, I think Goff might be terrible. Uh, and then I, I think he was like really good after I said that. Too. Yeah, so yeah. I, they, they it ran might have been my fault that he finally finally got going. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that was a long stretch of really bad games. And I, I thought the second half was the best he'd looked in in quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's. He's a bizarre. I mean, his like home road splits are are pretty dry. Like he looked, he's turning into Roethlisberger, I think, in in that respect. But it's just one of those weird things because like when he's good, he's really good, or and, and, maybe and he just looks the, really good. He too. looks really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's got three receivers who are really good, so that helps. But uh, it's like you have certain guys that like have big games and you, they just look like flukes. But like when Goff has good games, you're like, oh yeah, this is the guy that like we. This is Goff. And then he comes back to reality, and you're like, "Wait a minute, is this golf? Like, he's a very confusing football player." Yeah, he he really is right now. You know, that's that's funny because you know, say like eight NFL weeks ago, you know, late last season, we would have we would even had that conversation. Would have been like, you know, up and coming stud quarterback with stud play caller. And now it's uh, now it's uh, it's a little different. I mean, I think he's still. Um, you know, good in that system, and that, you know, starting with that two-minute drill at the end of the first half, he looked really good. But right. uh, he's a he's a fascinating guy, kind of as we go the second half here. The Rams are, you know, suddenly three and two and need to win some games. It'll be interesting to see uh, if he can turn it around. Yeah, for sure. And so, looking at the non-Falcons uh, Texans game, uh, is there one that jumps out at you? Because I'm like, when you look at the next one, which is Cardinals at Bengals, and you're like, well, the Cardinals run a lot of plays, and then I'm like am I really going to have to think about playing Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd <laughs> in a game that's like the second highest total? Like I need you to spend the next time, however minutes on this podcast, getting me away from this game because it makes so much sense for like a number of players. And it just ends up feeling so trappy to me. Yeah. I, I kind of felt the same way on that game and it, it's tough. You watch Kyler Murray and there's plays where you're like, Oh, there you go. That's why he was the number one pick. And then, then you watch him throw three and four yard passes for the next half hour, and you're like, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." So it's uh, it's tough, and you, I mean, it's hard to get to ask the recency bias. But you watch that Bengals game last night or on Monday night, and they were a complete disaster against yeah. a Steelers defense that uh, you know is not quite the Steelers defense of the '70s. And you just, uh, I don't know, it's it's hard to get behind that team. I do like Tyler Boyd this week, but uh, I think I'm maybe going elsewhere away from Andy Dalton for sure. Uh, but then you look at like Joe Mixon, you're like, you know, this could be a great spot. And then you're like, oh, well, the offensive line is horrendous. So right. it's a, it's a hard it's a hard comment to get. I mean, I think my favorite guy in that game is David Johnson. And we'll talk about when we get to yep. running backs. But um, I, I think if I had to pick a game, it would probably be Buccaneers Saints. 
um, just because you could kind of see that developing into something. But, you know, it's Teddy Bridgewater back there who has not looked good, um, you know, does not throw the ball downfield at all. But with the weapons, at least in that game, you could see a game there where the, where the Buccaneers score a couple times and the Saints have to open it up a little bit. You get a little Michael Thomas. I mean, it's a little Ted Ginn. Obviously, a lot of uh, Alvin Kamara. So th- that's the game that if I uh, if I had to pick something that maybe gets in the 50s, I, I think it would be that one. Although the Saints defense did look very good against Dallas. Yeah, I the the Bridgewater thing is like the killer for me. I just can't oh, me see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kamara is obviously awesome, and they're gonna, I assume, give him the ball as much as possible. So, um, it's almost one of those things that if you you could game stack that, but you just can't get. You know, you'll do it on the other. You, like if you said weeks ago, like oh, you'll game stack that one, you wouldn't necessarily think. You know, you're playing Jameis over. Well, you might play Jameis over Breeze, but like you're looking at the Bucks guys much more than the Saints. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like you just go down the list of like the the games and with the total with high totals or in order of the totals, and you just keep going down. And there's like an issue with every single game except yep. Packers Cowboys. Like that, yep. at least we know all of the guys in that game exactly. that we would think about are playing in that game. Like Ravens Steelers, you know, Big Ben's obviously not there. Vikings. Uh, that's the that's the other one I like though. If I were to go another one, it would be Ravens Steelers because I think the Ravens offense is really good. I think the Ravens defense is sneakily not as good as as people assume just because of the Ravens. But can the Steelers offense take advantage of that? Well, you don't like the uh, you don't like the wildcat and the uh, uh, the three yard dump offs and uh, each running back getting eight <laughs> catches. No. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. But uh, you know, I, like you said, there's there's warts in all these games. Uh, I think that'd be the other one. But it, Packers Cowboys interesting because you know both those teams can play defense too. I think we we yeah. know those those teams can score. But uh, you know the uh, the Packers give up a lot on the on the run, but they do play the pass pretty well. And there's no Devonte Adams, so that kind of you know puts a crimp in that. But uh, it's. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably – I mean, that's that's definitely the star power, like, game that's going to be highlighted. There's only two games that, uh, in the afternoon slate, and obviously that's going to be on every – that'll be on every TV at, at, that, at that time slot. It's only, the two games does suck. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the one. I, I think Ravens-Steelers are going to be a little more high-scoring than people think. Just, the Steelers have got to get to, like – if they can get to, like, 20 points or even, you know, somewhere in there, I think the Ravens score enough to push that game over. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the other weird thing that I noticed is um, – so the – Jets, Eagles, and Patriots, uh, Redskins is like 43 and a half, somewhere around there, 42. Like they're really yep. low, but they have huge spreads. And so it's actually the Patriots and the Eagles have the highest implied team totals for the whole week. Um, actually, it might be behind the Chiefs now they've said that, for at least for the whole slate. And so right. it's like, all right, well, do you stack? Like, what do you do with those teams? Like, they're, they're t- they might be the two most frustrating teams to try to figure out when. You're like, oh, I need pieces of this offense or these offenses. Like, where do you go? Like, it's there. There's so many ways you can go. All of them are are trappy. And so it's like, are you really? Gonna, but you're going to stay away from the two teams that are expected to score the most points. Yeah, I mean, so much depends on what the other team does. Like, if, if the Redskins or the Jets can get to like 14 points, it changes that whole game. And we had last week. You know, it, it's funny how game flow in these games really, really matters. It's hard to figure out. But we had last week the Colts Raiders game, and the Raiders jumped out Sheesh. to that 14-0 lead. They had a 60-yard sweep, and Indy finally got it going late. But you know, we were so excited about Marlon Mack with the with the, you know yep. Indy getting up 14-0. It turned to be the other way, and he was completely taken out of the game. He he got a little bit banged up, but I think he had 10 or 11 carries and. Uh, we talk about game flow and game script a lot and probably, you know, probably makes people tired. But, I mean, it's so important. I mean, ha- what what the, what happens in the first, you know, say 20 minutes of these games, like middle of the second quarter, determines so much of what happens in the second half. But, like, the Jets or the Redskins going ahead 14-0 would be shocking. <laughs> it, it, it would be, yeah. More shocking, More than, shocking the than the Raiders. More shocking than the Raiders. Sure, yeah. but— 
you know, if they could somehow get to 14 points in those games, you know, a, a kick return, a, a pick six, uh, you know, a, you yep. know, Terry McLaurin makes a big play. Uh, I don't even know who plays on the Jets anymore, but someone on their team makes a good play. Uh, you, you just you hope they can just push them a little bit where, you know, it's not 28 to three the whole second half. The irony is I was going to say a bunch of defensive players. Like that's where the Jets score touchdowns. Is uh, is Darnold going to play this week? No, it sounds like kind of no, no, right? No. I think uh, the I, line I, I saw <laughs> yesterday was when they were asking him if he was going to play was like, I, I don't want to die. Yeah, it sounded like they were like looking into like project, pr- protective flak jackets for his spleen right. and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny. I had a friend's kid who had that uh, last year and like he's a soccer player and they couldn't play because any contact apparently – and your spleen can absolutely like rip or burst, and you're and you're you're really in a lot of health health trouble. Right, like the 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 idea that they're even considering having him play with like some pad on his you know to protect his spleen is insane, like absolutely insane. Like if he if they were like you're playing this week, he should just retire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially because they're obviously it's not week sixteen; they're not fighting for a playoff spot. It's uh, it'd be it would be a weird thing to see him out there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite the situation. Uh, real quick before we get to the you know some uh, we'll get some positions. Uh, the, the whole slew of low totals: the Chicago Oakland games forty and a half. You mentioned New England, Washington's forty-two. Jacksonville, Carolina's forty-one. Uh, Buffalo at Tennessee. Uh, I think the wrong team is favored in that game, actually. But over under thirty-eight and a half is really low. Um, I think Buffalo is better than people think. I I find it almost impossible that Buffalo didn't beat New England last week. When you look at the stats, I actually that was the one game that was on. I was on a plane to Atlanta, and that uh, it had CBS on it, so I was actually able to watch that game. I mean, they dominated that game. They had the ball inside the in the red zone yeah. twice to take the lead in the fourth quarter. It's just it's almost impossible when you watch that game that the Patriots won that game, but. I guess it's what New England does. It's what they always do, Scott. Yeah. And then uh, on bye week uh, this week, we have Detroit. So, uh, you know, no Kenny Galladay this week if you like him. And then Miami's on bye. So uh, that affects absolutely zero of our lineups. <laughs> what do you mean? Wouldn't we stacking against him? Actually, I say uh, that. I actually had a Dolphins stack last week. Um, uh, that did, could not have please turned Please don't ask great. me how it went. Don't, okay. I, I was, they lost 30 to 10. So I couldn't. I got very excited because I had like the 0.7% Devontae Parker touchdown. Ah, nice. Um, and I was actually built the team because of Preston Williams, and uh, he was fine. The rest of it was not fine. Yeah, when you score one touchdown, it's tough to really go. But to, well, Survivor, stack, but still. Survivor, I had to actually think this week because you just can't automatically go with the, right. the anti-Miami pick. Right, right. Uh, so let's get into some running backs, but first a note from our sponsor, Sideboss. Hey, football fans, week five of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Sideboss has you covered. If you miss entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too, late to join, not too late to join Week 5 and be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Sideboss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any side bets weekly or daily free-to-play contests, get the, fr- get the picks correct, and boom, you win cash and entry into a Sideboss $150,000 private NFL ATS against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com and use the promo code ROTOWIRE to get set up and signed up now. So, Andrew, running back this week, uh, I think it's it's, it's a week where we're going to have uh, almost every lineup's going to have one of the big uh, running backs. I think the big three will be Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Ezekiel Elliott. I think people will shy away from Kamara uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, just a quick note on Kamara, though. You know that uh, no running back has over 40 yards on the Buccaneers so far this year. That seemed crazy to me through four weeks. Uh, I mean, when you throw the ball 68 times, that explains last week. But Yeah, that's true, pretty, but... Uh... but- 40 yards like that means they haven't even given up like you haven't given yeah. up a big chunk play like it's a uh, Tampa Bay's a defense we pick on but that that run defense is really good early on yeah uh those are the three 
high price guys, but there there is a different guy who will be the highest owned everywhere, right? Uh, who uh, I mean, it depends. Uh, obviously, it depends if James Conner plays. That would be Jalen Samuels would be the highest price guy. But uh, who are you thinking of? Uh, David Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this would be a lot of David Johnson. Uh, he's uh, he's he's a bunch cheaper on Fanduel. He's sixty eight hundred on Fanduel, seventy five hundred on DraftKings. Let's talk about Johnson first, then, and we'll go up to the top guys. Uh, I mean, the key with Johnson is they're really using him in the pass game right now. Twenty targets the last two weeks, only eleven carries, but you know some of that is game script and game flow. They you know, they tend to be losing games. Uh, Cincinnati's been really bad against running backs. Who David Johnson's playing this week? Uh, you know, Connor and Samuels last week. Uh, you know, in their own way, kind of went crazy. A ton of catches and uh, and some scores. Uh, Frank Gore was good the week before that, and then the week before that we had that game where all the 49ers running backs did really well. Uh, Cincinnati's allowing thirty eight point four fantasy points per game to backfield. So you got like you got to think. Uh, got to think david johnson that like you said would be popular this week uh, do you like him this week i think you you there's no reason to not have him in cash games um yep. i mean f- fundamentally when you look for a running back uh really i mean for any lineup but like particularly in cash games like is he does he get most of the catch most of the carries and the answer is yes even though they're really not that many um does he catch the ball yes um is he in a game with a lot of points? Well, 47 and a half is not that many, but it's the second highest that we have on the slate. And is yep. he p- playing a team that gives up a lot of points to running backs? They happen to give up the most. So like <laughs> every path that you like think of, of, of guys, you know, as part of your process of like, which running backs do I want this week? Johnson like checks off every single box and being cheaper on FanDuel makes sense because like the, the half point, um, per right. reception, yeah. uh, you know, that's where he's getting a lot of his points. I mean, he's, he's effectively playing as a, as a running wide receiver. Like they, they're not running the ball that much, uh, but when they do run, it's him, um, at least non Kyler Murray. And so uh, I don't see any way to not play him, which at least in cash games, which obviously makes him like a fine fade uh, in GPPs. But like we were saying, like this game theoretically is one that you can stack uh, and he's got to be like a giant part of it. So, but these teams are also terrible. Like, so not playing anybody from this game makes plenty of sense to me in, in tournaments, but I don't know. I just can't seem to get off of David Johnson. Even I like never play him. Like I, I'm just one of these people that for some, I've probably been burned too many times on him and I just can't get myself away from him this week. Yeah, and it's one of those situations nice where he's kind of, I mean, extreme maybe, but he's kind of game script, uh, you know, not dependent. Yeah. So if they if they're ahead, he'll run, he'll he'll get a, he will get more carries than usual. If they're behind, he's gonna get a lot of passes. So he's one of those guys that does not get get taken out of the game. I mean, if it's you know thirty one to three, sure, but I don't I don't think we see that in this game. But um, among the three uh, higher price guys I mentioned, McCaffrey, Cook, and Zeke, I think they will be popular too. I think in DraftKings they will be. Uh, I think Fandle Johnson will be the highest. I think these three guys will be pretty close in in, in DraftKings. Is there is there one of those three that you have a strong preference song. I mean, I, I like all three this week, but is there, is there one that you like more than the others? Uh, they, they all like make sense is the problem. They do. Um, yeah. but just based off of volume, I feel like you have to go with McCaffrey. And I went on a little like Twitter spat last week because I did not play McCaffrey in cash. And everyone's like, I, I read too much post slate stuff. And everyone's like, I don't know how you could ever like not play McCaffrey in cash. And my argument last week was that basically you could get away with it. Like there were other guys where it, what you had to do to get McCaffrey uh, hurt you too much elsewhere where you're playing guys like Trey Quinn. Um, and like I had that build and decided I didn't want to do it. And Quinn ended up being terrible. 
Yeah. Oh, th- thanks. But thanks for Case Keenum missing the wide open touchdown. Right. Well, well, that's true too. Oh. That's but again, wide it's Case open. Keenum. That oh. that's going to happen with Case. Was it? It is he's part, part of the part of the bargain. I understand. But the volume is just like it's really tough to ignore the volume, especially with like Elliott. Um, like the Cowboys have other ways to move the ball and to score, and the like we said, like the def- the Green Bay defense is pretty good. They're um, they're obviously not as good against the run, but. Um, I just don't, this volume wise, it just seems like McCaffrey is ahead of Elliott. And then cook, um, has this great matchup against the Giants. Like the giants are terrible as well. Uh, and could be without, uh, Gallman as well. Although it sounds like he'll probably play. Uh, but, and, and like, that's what it's gotten to with the giants. You're like, oh man, they might be without Wayne Gallman. Um, so <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's two touchdown Wayne Gallman. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, they, they all make sense. Cook will probably be running to the ground because they seem to be doing that with, you know, why give, uh, Kirk cousins some throws when you're only paying him $90 million. And so, um, <laughs> if that game like gets out of hand, then it's going to be cook who just like runs it out. And so, uh, I probably put cook slightly ahead of Elliot, but they're both behind McCaffrey for me. I think, uh, I think the thing with Zeke is, uh, you might be discounting just how bad the Packers run D is a little bit. Okay. Um, they, uh, they, besides Cincy and Miami, they've given up the most fancy points to running backs. So we talked about the Bengals, but the, the Packers are actually third. Dalvin Cook smoked them week two. Yeah, he did. Uh, Philip Lizzie had 130 total yards and two touchdowns in week three. And then last week they had three touchdowns scored against him. Uh, he was all, even Jordan Howard and yep. uh, Miles Sanders played pretty well too. Um, Zeke was bad last week, 18 carries for 35 yards. It was a weird game plan by the Cowboys in that game. Like they fully went away from their play action that it worked the first three weeks and they just kind of pounded Zeke in the middle of the line and he had, you know, he had ran for two yards of carry. He did have seven targets, but, um, it was a weird game plan there. I just think that the, I just don't know what Dallas is going to do. If they're going to go back to the, with the way that worked the first three weeks, if they're going to try and pound Zeke against this bad defense. I, I agree with you that McCaffrey, the volume just makes a lot of sense. Um, 170 total yards in three of their four games is a pretty bonker stat. Yeah. Uh, 100, 111 touches through four games leading the NFL. Um, you know, they played two games fully without Cam. Now he has 24 and 27 rushes in those games. They're, they're cle- clearly leaning on him quite heavily. He had 10 targets last week, too. Um, you know, this is a low scoring game, uh, you know, at least projected to be a low scoring game with Vegas, but you got to think if people do score, it's got to be McCaffrey. Yep. I mean, literally, when you look around, you're like, who else could score for the Panthers? And you're just, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, it's just a bunch of guys at that point. And so, um, I don't know. So, you're, is there an expectation for you that Kamara is going to be really low owned? Uh, very, very low owned, yes. Okay. I mean, he's Camaro, so people will go to and click on it. But you look at DraftKings; he's more expensive than yeah. Zeke and Cook. Uh, he's just under; he's a hundred under McCaffrey. Fanduel; uh, he's he's a, he's nine hundred less than McCaffrey, so maybe a little bit more there. But at the same price as Dalvin Cook, you know, it, Cal- Cook is so explosive: hundred yards in in three games, and then the rough game against the Bears last week, where the Vikings' offense just fully imploded. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Camaro will be significantly lower than these three, and lower than David Johnson. So you, you got to think that it's possible that. You know, he's what, uh, four or five percent in tournaments this week. Wow. I, with those other four guys, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to click on him at that price. I mean, he's priced up like a full Alvin Kamara and without, without Breeze in there, you know, Bridgewater makes a huge difference to that, to that, to that offense. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to play a GP, a sticky guy that can go off at any time, uh, we mentioned the Tampa Bay Rundy has been really good. You know, Gurley was five for 16 last week, did score twice, but, um, you had seven catches. I just, it's hard to it's hard to look at the stats, look at the guys, the comps around him, and, and click on him at eighty six hundred. I think the other difficulty is that there are a number of guys that you can play. Like it's you're not only using eighty six hundred of salary on DraftKings, and um, 
but you're also using up a roster spot that yeah. could go to Cook, Elliott, McCaffrey, David Johnson. I really like Leonard Fournette this week. Um, I think you make the case for Ingram. I, I mean, there's there are a lot of running backs that uh, theoretically make more sense, even from a non-salary standpoint. And so when you get to that point, then why are you paying up for Kamara other than nobody else is going to have him? Yeah, and it's not one of those weeks where there's two guys. You know, some weeks we're like, well, McCaffrey's right. going to be really high percentage, so I'll just pivot right to Kamara. You could just you could do that this week, except you should go to Cook or Elliott or Johnson. So there's, right. <laughs> there's just so many like you have a secondary and tertiary option there. So uh, let's jump down though. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Leonard Fournette, monster game last week, big breakout. He had been a horrible yards per carry guy the first three weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Just destroyed the Broncos last week. 29 carries for 225 yards. Still has not scored on the year, but uh, you know what's a crazy crazy stat to me that I saw this week? The Jacksonville Jaguars have run two plays all year inside the five yard line. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, almost, he, almost impossible. It's like, almost it, impossible. How you, yeah. How do you not have a guy tackle on the two? All, I mean, it's just, it's a pretty wild stat and it, it makes sense why Fournette has not scored yet. Yeah. Uh, the only hesitation I have on Fournette is playing both Fournette and McCaffrey in the game that has the third lowest total. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey does enough. Like if they're behind to that, it's similar with Johnson. Like they're going to keep him on the field regardless. And as we saw with Fournette, like they're, they have nobody else that they're willing to give the ball to. And so um, they're more just like volume plays, but it, there's some hesitation for me to, to play both at least in cash for a game that really isn't expected to be that high scoring. Yeah, and, and both for a good reason. Both legitimately good defenses. Yep. Uh, the, the the Panthers have not given up 100 yards to running back this year. They they did not play well against the run the first week against the Rams. Uh, Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley were both pretty good, uh, but since then they've been very good against the run. Peyton Barber had 82 yards, was on 23 carries. You know Carlos Hyde was 12.58 last week, but they haven't really given up uh, any explosive games after after week one. But like listen uh, to who, who the guys you were listing though, like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they held David Johnson eleven for thirty-seven, and everybody's know, holding him to eleven for thirty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is true. So they haven't faced a lot, but I don't. It, I like Fournette. Fournette looked great last week. I feel a little bit like Fournette, like I did like the Falcons last week. Like it looks too good, and it's mm-hmm. just the kind of guy that uh, that you look back and you're like, oh, of course it's Leonard Fournette that went twelve for twenty-four when I played. <laughs> Uh, you know, last week of the Falcons were like, you know, we're heavy on the Falcons, but it's the it's Atlanta. They're the type of team that just rats you like that. And yep. you're, you're in trouble. So, um, yeah, I, I think I will be probably underweight on the field with uh, with Fournette. He's just a guy okay. that I don't fully trust. He looked great last week and, you know, made me eat some words on that one for sure. Uh, how do you feel about the Chargers situation this week? You know, Melvin Gordon uh, suited up last week and just kind of stood there and, and looked pretty on the sideline. Eckler had 122 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I think it's pretty clear from these four, these first four games that Eckler is legitimately really, really good. And you know, I think everybody knew that, but it, it's really shown in kind of a starring role how good he is. Um, just his receiving points, you take out all his all his rushing yards, just his receiving points would make him the wide receiver 11 so far. On the Jeez. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I've seen like a bunch of stuff that basically he has played himself into a role even when Gordon has a, like comes back fully. Which you, you, it, you would have to think so, right? Yeah, right. Which is fine if he was cheaper. Like I don't want to have to pay full price for right. for part time Eckler, and so and we have and we have no real good feel how much Gordon is going to play, but he's going to play, and he, he might start. Although you know who plays the first play really is pretty irrelevant, but it, it right. seems like he's going to play a, a decent amount. And, right, and we just expect that like each week he'll play more, which just means Eckler gets less, and so uh, it's just difficult for me to like they're br- both priced 
as if they are there by themselves. Yeah. And I mean, so, they did draft. did drop him from down to 6,700, but yeah, I mean, if he gets, you know, he's not a huge carry guy as it was. So you're, right. you're hoping, uh, you're hoping for a bunch of catches, you're hoping for a touchdown. Uh, but then I flash back in my head to seeing Leonard Fournette just slash his way through this Denver defense. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Fournette slashing through anything is like shocking to see. So it'll, exactly. it'll leave an impression, but um, I, there's just like too much uncertainty for me. Like I think Eckler will That's probably fair. still get like a majority of the touches, uh, but it's just like really frustrating to know that there is a very, very good player right behind him. And if Gordon gets going, uh, it's over for Eckler. Uh, whereas like the guy sandwiched between them on DraftKings is Le'Veon Bell, who is in a horrible matchup, but he's the only guy they have. Like he's catching just as many passes as anybody else on the team. And so I actually think you could make the argument that Bell is better than Eckler or Gordon this week. If you had to guess, what do you think? What do you think Eckler? No, I don't think it's crazy. What do you think Eckler's GPP percentage is this week? Like three to 4% somewhere in there. Um, Maybe like seven or eight. Yeah, I think it's a little higher. Seven or eight sounds yeah. more realistic to me. Because I think he's kind of a, a sneaky GPP guy game in a, in a game that they are going to be ahead. He's priced down a little bit, but I don't think anybody's going to really want to play him just for all the reasons you laid out, which are all good reasons. I, I think in a GPP, he makes a sneaky kind of a you know un, under the radar guy that it's really talented that maybe may go a little bit lower owned than they should this week. It certainly makes more sense to make to try that at sixty seven hundred on DraftKings than the eighty six for Camara. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that fully. Yeah. Um, so jumping down a little bit, um, you know, the guy that, uh, the, one of the guys that sticks out is someone who is, you know, in a good situation where they, they, are, they're a home or not a home favorite, but they're a, a neutral site favorite is David Montgomery at the Raiders 5,200 on DraftKings, 57 on FanDuel. Interesting. Last week he got a lot more involved, like all the complaints and the David Montgomery Twitter stuff is, you know, gets, gets a bit old. There's a lot of people that love him on Twitter, but 24 touches last week, getting really more involved, but he was, he was bad. He was, he was awful. <laughs> yeah, he was. Now, granted, that's Minnesota, who has a, has a really good defense. He's 21-53, three catches. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook destroyed this defense, uh, the Raiders' defense, two weeks ago. Uh, how do you feel about Montgomery this week? Uh, you know, maybe uh, a week where I'm not sure we get. Like, maybe they're like, oh, the, all the touches are a good thing, or maybe, you know, he didn't do very much. Maybe he needs to be a 12-carry guy. Uh, how do you feel about Montgomery this week at, at a low price? It's, like, not low enough. Um, okay. Which, what's, I, what's weird about that, though, is that I was looking at Jordan Howard. Like, oh, maybe... Jordan Howard and like that's a horrible situation to like want to be in. So, um, I mean, I I get it. Uh, the the one week track record of like they're going to use Montgomery doesn't excite me. Um, not that like playing in London should make that much of a difference, but it kind of does in my head. Um, and so, like, I get it. Um, I get it. I just uh, he's just not there for me, especially if. It's possible that James Conner doesn't play. I mean, he hasn't practiced at all this week. And if we can get, um, if you know, if we get word that he's not going to play, I think that opens up so much salary that you're not even thinking about somebody like Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Samuels was 4,100 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel, and, you know, was really involved last week even with Connor. They were yep. running a lot of uh, a lot of Wildcat stuff. He actually had three completed passes. All those were just, the, you know, the little dump off uh, as the guy runs in front of him, as, as Connor runs in front of him. But uh, 18 touches last week, eight catches. Uh, you got to think in a, in a game where they're going to need to score some points against the Ravens to stick with it. You got to think Samuels, if Connor doesn't play, is really popular. Yeah, I mean, Samuels will be the highest-owned player if, if Connor's Absolutely. out. And so... Yeah. Um, and that's another thing of like why, um, when you're like thinking of running backs other than the top guys or, um, 
or even the middle one. Like if Samuels is taking up one of your spots and David Johnson's taking one of your spots, now you have just one that you can use uh, potentially for the grouping of McCaffrey, Cook, Elliott. And so they're just, you know, there are only so many spots you can have. And we right. just have so many guys that we might be able to play this week. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised. We talked a lot about Wayne Gallman last week. He was he was only like fourteen percent owned in the Millionaire Maker. I think that uh, you know he was higher and obviously a lot higher than cash games. But uh, GPPs, the big ones, uh, guys do get pretty spread out. Yeah, to the point where uh, you sent me a message, you were like, I might just like stop thinking about ownership percentage yeah. anymore because like fourteen percent is crazy. Like, and that, and that's a big GPP where you know people do try and be different and try and get away. But I, I think in those bigger contests, you know. Uh, in football, in a, in a full slate, I think you kind of play who you want to play. I don't think that, uh, you know, barring – now, Jalen Samuels will be really expe- – really, really, will be higher percentage than that if, if Connor doesn't play. But um, I think play who you want to play in those things and don't worry quite as much about it when you get in those big multi-entry contests. Yeah, or like if you're going to um, – you know, you need to differentiate somewhere, but you don't have to differentiate everywhere. And so if you're looking right. at somebody like Gallman last week – it was cheap and you're like, oh, like I'm not going to play that because everybody's going to have them. And it's like, well, everybody has them for a, a decent reason and you can just differentiate elsewhere. Um, yeah. And not only that, but I think everybody thinks that too. They're like, oh, well, I can't play Wayne Gallman because everybody's going to own them. And then suddenly you look up and, you know, 15% of the field has them. Right. Right. And then yeah, everybody who fades them are like, oh, 15% of the fish here were playing Gallman. Yeah. My God. Do you like Gallman this week? Uh, if he plays. Yeah, I mean, if he plays, you could you could kind of see him, and they definitely used him in, in a good spot. I just I don't love going against the Vikings defense. I agree. I agree. Fifty four hundred is not bad though. Fifty four hundred is definitely not bad. Um, in Would that you range, rather play Montgomery? Uh, I'd rather play Montgomery, but uh, I'm not sure I'm excited about either one. I know which guy you're definitely not playing in this range. Uh, who is that? Sonny Michelle. I am not playing Sonny Michelle. <laughs> God no. <laughs> And it'll, it'll be the game where he has, you know, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yep. And it's just, I, on uh, six carries uh, for 12 yards after that game two weeks ago where he scored like on, in the third minute of the game. Yeah. And then I don't think touch the ball again. It's just, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think I'm i I'm away from Patriots running backs again, unless Jonas Gray comes back. I think I'm out. <laughs> Um, who was the guy that you liked in this range? Sorry, I forgot. Uh, no, I, a little bit up and up in the range. A guy that we didn't, we kind of touched on real quick, but Joe Mixon going against this Arizona defense is the, are you interested there? Is the offensive line just too bad for you to really get involved? I can't remember the last time I really wanted to play anybody for the Bengals, let alone their no. Joe Mixon. So, um, no, this, this defense is bad. Yeah. Uh, um, hundred yard rushers the last two weeks. Uh, my favorite stat last week was Joe Mixon had five targets, had four catches for one yard. Oh. <sighs> That's hard to do. That is hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned Mark Ingram uh, against Pittsburgh. Last guy I want to mention, running backs. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh D was good last week against the Bengals, but I think maybe we can just toss that one out. But, uh, you know, Matt Breeder and, and Raheem Mostert had a really good game the week before. Uh, Chris Carson and, and, and Rashad Penny did were pretty good. Uh, you know, another combo back uh, guys against uh, them two weeks ago. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Ingram depends so much on the touchdowns. You mentioned that a couple weeks ago. You're dead right. You know, the carries just aren't there. But, you know, the red zone work there. The work is there if they get a lead. But, you know, we're talking 15 carries, I think, uh, kind of as a max each week, it looks like. Yeah. And, like, why would you ever want to sign up for that? Yeah, I mean, if he scores three times, you know, you're set. But right. it's crazy because the, the carries are really good. I mean, his yards per carry are great. He looks great. But it's just the, the way their offense is built, he's just not going to be a 24-carry guy. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like every week you'll be like, well, maybe if he could get 19. And, like, you're just – you're making stuff yeah. up just to justify wanting something to happen. At uh, at 4,600 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel, any interest in the suddenly emerging in the in the running back committee situation, uh, Ronald Jones? Um. I feel like they keep going back and forth 
enough that makes me not want to try to guess that situation. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. And the, the New Orleans Rundy did smoke Zeke last week, and that kind of pushed me off a little bit. Nobody's run for more than 85 yards on the Saints, but uh, 36 snaps last week to 19 for yeah. Peyton Barber. So I think, the, I think the tide's finally shifting, but I think you're right. And that, uh, you know, I, I like to see one more game before I fully trust the, that tide. Yeah. And I mean, yes, that's exactly what it is. I, I, I was actually looking at Chris Thompson more just in that range because. Another another double-digit game last week. Yeah, and another one. Very yeah, quiet, but it's, uh, um, you know, nice script for them. I mean, they're going to be huge underdogs to the Patriots. And, right. You know, should be dumping off the whole second half. But uh, I'm not sure the upside's there, but as a, as a cheap play, not. Kind, of a, <laughs> kind of a floor guy, it's, he's a solid guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. What do you what do you do with these Eagles running backs? Uh, that's the funny. That was the last thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um, it's hard because Jordan Howard was really good last week. You know, three touchdowns. But Miles Sanders looks good, too. Only 22 snaps, but, you know, 11 carries for 71 yards. Uh, I think he's the he's the GPP guy, and I think Howard's a little more of a cash guy because he's going to get the red zone work, and you're going to get the you know, if they, when they score, it's probably going to be Howard. Um, if you're looking for a, an 175 yard two touchdown guy, it's Sanders. But you know, I think it's a it's a dart and it's a GPP dart. Yeah, I <clears throat> Howard was on my radar for cash games, and it it's one of those things that the recency bias was like, oh, this is what I'll sign up, even if he didn't even have the touchdowns last week. Um, you look at the stat line, you're like, okay, that's enough for me to consider at 5,100. Yeah. But it's just, it was such an outlier from what we've seen that, uh, and it seems like at any moment, if um, if Miles Sanders gets going, then Howard is not going to be on the field. And the last thing you want in a cash game is a guy who's not on the field. Yeah, especially with the lead, I, I think you'll get a bunch of Howard the second half, but then you're like, well, maybe the lead gets too big and they don't play anybody. I just... Uh, right, the, 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 right, the lead's big enough. And they're like, hey, let's see what we can get out of Miles Sanders here. And then all of a sudden... If, you, know, uh, you know, if Connor plays, you know, maybe I'll think about the, the Eagles running backs, but if not, you probably just go to Samuels in that range yeah. and kind of call it a day. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's jump into uh, some passing games. But first, a note from our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Fantasy Draft is the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, bringing the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters' main event with its $100,000 first-place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for the NFL Week 5. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for a limited-time promotional contest. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of playing 10 12 or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer we lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE and you get a free seven-day trial on your first $100,000 of rake of entry fees. Sorry, first $1,000 of rake for entry fees. Sorry, a little high there. Let's FantasyDraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. So, Anders, we get into passing games. Uh, you know, start at the top at quarterback. I think, uh, you know, without Patrick Mahomes on the main slate on on FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, Lamar Jackson has become the new high, highest-priced guy, 7,100 on DraftKings, 8,300 on FanDuel. And he's, he's rapidly becoming a guy that you're really comfortable using every week. You know, over 21 points each week on DraftKings has been a really nice floor. Those rush yards uh, we've talked about before, 120, 46, and 66 the last three weeks. They just create a nice floor. Um, you know, Pittsburgh pasty has not been great. Tom Brady had 341 and three against him. Russell Wilson, 303. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo was 22 at 32 for 277 yards two weeks ago. Uh, again, we mentioned again, the, the Bengals last week were just a disaster. They were really good against them. But um, how do you feel about uh, – Lamar this week uh, still full systems go yeah I love him uh the difference between Lamar and the guys kind of somewhat close to him salary wise we got Deshaun Watson on DraftKings and then Tom Brady 
Brady, I pretty much never play. Um, and I'm certainly not going to play him in a game where they're favored by more than two touchdowns. Um, so it was, Watson is the one that like I looked at and I was, I, I mean, it's the same thing. You looked at the game and you the, um, all the totals and you're like, Oh, that game's got a high total Watson. They throw the ball. And then it's like, but am I really going to not pay 400 more for Lamar Jackson? Who is like you said, so much safer. Um, the only difficulty with Jackson and not that you always do the, or not that you do this generally at all in cash games, but like, he's just tough to stack with like building the receivers around him because he so, does a lot with his legs. Like you're not going to be able to get a great stack with him that at least you're going to feel comfortable with for cash games. Whereas Watson, you know, you have Hopkins, obviously Fuller's been who knows, but um, I like Jackson a lot as like a single play, but uh, it seems like the, the quarterbacks this week, and like, I looked at Andy Dalton for a long time. Like that's, and then I was that's, like, oh my that's God. Never, that's never a good use of your Right, time. right. And so I'm like, where else can I go? And I feel like every, everyone, and because we just don't have a lot of high totals this week, like everyone seems to have like an issue. Um, and so when you get to that point, you're like, maybe I really should just pay up for Lamar. Yeah, I had that a couple times. I will uh, I'll address a couple guys here who I think yeah. might be interesting. Uh, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. You know, he's 400 less than than Jackson and uh, on on DraftKings 300 on FanDuel. And like you said, you know, it's one of those games you look at the total, you're like, oh, this is the game that I want to stack. This is the game I want to play. Watson's interesting. Yeah, he's, he's had two huge games and two really bad games. So you know, uh, not quite the consistency you want at the price. But uh, yeah, you know, Marcus so, Mary. Marcus sorry to Mary, cut you off I, there. Oh yeah, no, go for it. But the odd thing is, is that the two terrible games were at home. That is that is strange. Not what you'd normally expect. Right. And they're home again. They're home this week, obviously against the Falcons. Right. But so this giant sample size of two games that we yeah, have. Exactly. Um, and then, but you, then you look at Marcus Mariota was you know three touchdowns last week, and AJ Brown and uh, and Corey Davis of all people were running crazy on yeah. the secondary. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Brissett had 310 yards the week before that, and it's an indie offense that you know doesn't not really explosive. They're usually pretty kind of game management and good, but. Um, you know, this is a sneaky high scoring game. You know, it's not sneaky anymore. I guess it's the highest total in the game, but I think this one could get up to, you know, the high fifties. Yep. Uh, I love Watson this week too. You know, I think that, uh, it's a little, it's, it's riskier than Lamar. I think Lamar is definitely a better floor, but, um, I guess my question for you on Watson was, you know, I think he's gonna be really popular. I think he's gonna be the highest owned quarterback on both sites. Actually. Wow. Um, if you had to stack him with someone, do you go with the, the DeAndre Hopkins, you know, kind of obvious like Devonte Adams and Mike Evans stuff where, you know, a couple of, uh, quiet weeks and they blow up. He's had three straight quiet weeks, which he never does. Or do you go Will Fuller who hasn't blown up yet, but kind of all the stats make it look like it's coming at some point. And he's, and Fuller's so much cheaper. Um, yeah, that... he's, he's really cheap. He's 4,500. 4,500 40... is crazy. 40% of Will Fuller's targets have been more than 15 yards down. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's so tempting. Um, it's funny, the um, one of my favorite kind of non-serious trolls that Scott Pianowski does is like the, you know who everyone liked this week? And it's always <laughs> yep. the guy that we were talking about and like Hopkins is it this week. Like it was Mike Evans two I weeks can, ago. I can almost see the, the Pianowski tweet, tweet on, on after Hopkins first touchdown. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, but we've, you know, we so Mike Evans, uh, Devontae Adams, and now it's Hopkins' turn. And so um, I, I I think he's the obviously one to go to. And so, But I think you could play both of them. Like, if you think there are a ton of points in this game, then why not play both? Um, the game stack gets uh, expensive, though, if you're like, oh, I'll just play Hopkins and Julio Jones. But with all yeah, these I points... Kinda like, I kind of like the Watson-Fuller-Julio Jones stack. Where yeah, you get, I, uh, you I, save some money off Hopkins, but you go up big up to Julio coming back. But... If there are a lot of points in this game, 
why are we paying 6700 for Watson when we can pay 59 for Matt Ryan? He's uh, he's bolded on my sheet as the next guy to talk about. Okay. Uh, you know, the Falcon, Falcons laid an egg last week. No touchdowns. Uh, he didn't have any touchdowns. I, I think they only had 10 points. But he had 397 yards in that game. He has 300-plus yards in every single every week. Um, yeah. And Houston's only allowed five, five passing touchdowns all year, but they've, they have a couple 300-plus yard games in there. So they haven't been – you can get at him a little bit. Um, and again, this game has a shootout potential – I think probably with Watson is, uh, you know, you have, you have the rushing that, that helps there and you've, uh, you know, they're at home. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that, you know, dropping down 800 to Matt Ryan and you pair him with, uh, with Julio and come back with full or something like that. Or you could pair, um, you know, Ryan with uh, Calvin Ridley. If you want to get sneaky and then go up to Hopkins on the way back, maybe it's interesting too, but uh, yeah, I think Watson has a little more upside because the, the rushing stuff is in there, but yeah, I have no problem going to Ryan this week, uh, even after he, uh, he stabbed us last week. Ugh. Stabbed is such a great line for that. Um, kind of how it felt. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so I, that's ultimately the reason why I don't, not that I think Watson and Ryan are equal in this game, but uh, there are points, you know, expected in this one. Um, what are the Falcons getting? Five points, which uh, is actually a little surprising yeah. to me because I feel like they have the, an offense that can keep up with anybody, uh, at least. Uh, by the way, I think they win this game this week. The, Atlanta? Yep. Okay. There you go. So yeah, why why would I ever play? I think, that, I think that spreads too big, and I think I think Buffalo uh, I think Buffalo should be favored in Tennessee, and they're three pointer dogs. I think they win that game too. I think the Buffalo line is expecting Matt Barkley to start because Allen. Yeah, still that's Hasn't practiced. If, but... if, if Allen doesn't if Allen doesn't play, that uh, I'll have to I have to change that. But if yeah. Allen plays, I think they I think they win that game. Right? Yeah, I like that call. I mean, how how many Sorry, times do we have to just crap on the Titans before they just shut? Is it the play the, their home playoff game that we finally give up? Um. I li- I really- uh, yeah, week uh, week eighteen or nineteen, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I I really like Ryan, um, and I think I like him more than everybody between him and Watson. Um, like I stay away from Brady, Kyler Murray at sixty three hundred. Like I get it, but like you're you're taking this like leap of faith that they finally figure it out this week when you can play Winston or Rogers or Wentz in a great matchup. I really like Philip Rivers on DraftKings, uh, fifty eight hundred. Like that price is fine. Like Andy Dalton's fifty seven hundred playing that Arizona defense. Like there are plenty of guys um, that makes me like, why would I ever play uh, Murray? But I want to know. We the weird, sort of... thing, weird thing of Murray. If I could jump in, jump yeah. in real quick on Murray is like I think we talked early in the season is like he's going to be like the boomer bust guy. And he's been the opposite of that. He has a, at least 17.3 DraftKings points every week, but only to, over only 20 points once. Yeah. He's been a, he's been a weird like floor guy with no upside, which is like I think opposite of what kind of what we thought going into the start of the season. Right. Like we we need the game where he throws for two touchdowns and runs for two others or, right. you know, like he hasn't had a, a game yet where he's run for. Um, more than 50 yards and thrown for 250, like not even that. And so um, we're just, he's under, you could tell he's under uh, really strict rules to slide. They're like, there's plays where he could maybe get five more yards. And he slides really quickly mm-hmm. or plays where maybe he could like spin out a one and, and break it for a long one. He just slides. And I mean, I think that's smart in the NFL to, to do that. But I think that's capping his upside rushing a little bit. Yeah. And I think you see that guy with guys that ran a lot in college and are now being forced to slide that they slide early because they're like, yep. I, you know, they're just not used to doing it. So they're like, oh, I guess this is when I should slide. With, whereas guys who don't necessarily run that much actually do know when to slide. And so that's when they do. But uh, we had the conversation a few weeks ago when Kyle Allen started at 4,000. And we have like a number of potentially, well, we have a number of cheap 
guys coming in, but we could have some very cheap ones, particularly with Washington, which I assume we're not going to play Haskins or if uh, McCoy starts. But do you consider Matt Barkley at 4,600 if he starts? No, because I'd go up $200 more and play Chase Daniel instead. Ooh. Yuck. <laughs> Daniel's um, going, against, going against the Raiders. Yeah, he, was, yep. uh, he started twice last year. He's a top 20 quarterback in both those starts. Uh, he was 22 of 30 last week for 195 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Oakland gave three touchdowns to Joe, Jacoby Brissett last week. They, a monster game to Patrick Mahomes in week two. I think Chase Daniel is sneaky, not, not terrible. And maybe uh, maybe runs that offense a little better than Trubisky does. He might him. be better than Trubisky. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. Um, I think he. If I were to go cheap, especially in a you know cash game, just trying to get a floor guy, I think that Daniel. I think Daniel going to get two touchdowns out of this week. Wow. Wow. Okay. I love and it. Def, and definitely over Matt Barkley. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you're going to go I'm down there, Matt Barkley. You're going to go down there. You're deciding down there. Definitely over Barkley and definitely over uh, the awful looking Dwayne Haskins, who just looked like he wasn't ready. Um, yeah, he, if I would go super cheap, it's Daniel that's my play. Okay. Um, you can't you see Chase Daniel showing off for the British fans? It just fits perfectly. <laughs> Those British fans love Chase Daniel. They love right? Chase Daniel, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, he's, I think he's really popular over there. <laughs> Did you see? I, I scrolled ahead to, to this Derek Carr thing. Did you see this? Um, Thing that's been going around that there was a display in one of the uh, I don't know if it was at a stadium store or something. Oh, it was, maybe it was the Nike store where they had two mannequins set up uh, as if it was like a game mode. And it was uh, Khalil Mack looking like he was catching a pass and being tackled by <laughs> Derek Carr. <laughs> that's that's bad because you, you can see that happening two or three times in this game. But not Carr. It was, the ball was like almost like he was a receiver. But they just oh, put Max no, Jersey like he on. Was, he was returning an interception and got tackled. Right, sort of. Yeah, uh, yeah. You think um, they? Uh, yeah, someone someone flipped the uh, flipped the jerseys poorly on that one. Right, right, right. Um, That's pretty funny, but though. so, but you're. I mean, are you really playing these guys? Uh, I mean, it sounds like I'm you really going, actually do want to play Chase Daniel. Uh, I'm probably gonna play uh, if I'm going down from Lamar and Deshaun. Probably gonna play Matt Ryan to be honest, but. Uh, if I have a lineup where I want a cheap quarterback, it, it would be Daniel. I'm not. I'm not convinced I'm going to play him yet. But if I go down there, I like him a lot more than the other options that you mentioned. And you like Ryan more than Rivers. I like Ryan more than Rivers. I just I like the upside of that game going back and forth a little bit. I, I don't have a problem with Rivers. Um, I just think that they probably run the ball a bunch in the second half. Um, but you know, you got you got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams uh, probably coming back this week. He's got good weapons. I, I like Ryan a little bit more, but I wouldn't argue hard against Rivers if you want to play him. Yeah, I mean, we gave Ryan credit for three four games with over three hundred yards. Rivers is four games over two nine two ninety. Yeah. Um, he's he's been he's been quietly really really good. Really good. And I, and, yeah, he's a he's a great quarterback. I just uh, I think they probably run the ball in the second half there against a, a winless Broncos team. And but uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I think he'll be solid. I just I think Ryan has a little more upside. Okay, I like it. Are you are you sucked back in on Jameis Winston yet? No, 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 no. Three hundred eighty yards each of the last two weeks, seven touchdowns. <sighs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the only the, the problem there is I just don't know if Teddy Bridgewater and the way the Saints offense is built right now can get into a shootout. I think we know that they can't. Yeah, I mean, so that there's your answer right there. And yeah. The Saints' D looked really good last week against the Cowboys. Maybe they turned a corner finally. But, uh, you know, Winston has weapons, but uh, they, they, it feels like very much a, a team that you want when they're getting to shootouts and not when they're in a game like this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I have no interest. No, I mean, I, I guess he makes a little more sense than somebody like Wentz because the idea is that the Philly gets ahead 
Um, but they could get ahead because of Wentz. But so maybe he is better in that situation. But it's kind of a weird salary range where I, I don't really want any of these guys. Yeah. So as we jumped out of the guys catching the passes from these guys, uh, first guy I want to ask you about since we're just talking about Bridgewater, uh, Michael Thomas has is priced way down on DraftKings down at sixty six hundred. He's still seventy seven hundred Fanduel, but. He's obviously so good, but Bridgewater has the lowest rate of completions in the league uh, over 20 yards so far this year. Uh, a lot of targets, though. 16 targets last week. He was 9 for 95 last week. You know, if he can get in the end zone uh, and he catches a bunch of passes, maybe a DraftKings play at the price, but it's just it's hard to see the upside right now in this offense. Yeah, that's I mean, th- that's the way I'm looking at it with, with Thomas. Somebody brought this up in, our, um, in the subscriber Discord. They were like, I really like Michael Thomas this week. And it's like, why? And the answer was like, he's cheap for Michael Thomas. And I was like, yes, that's, that is true. Um, you're kind of putting your faith in, um, in Bridgewater to keep, I mean, it's kind of a perfect play. Like Thomas is not a huge downfield threat. He catches everything that's around him. And so Bridgewater is competent enough to throw eight to 11 yard passes on the, on the far end. And Thomas is going to catch them. But, uh, I mean, it works out if Tampa, you know, starts blowing them out early. You know, if, if Jameis is hot, then they're going to have to throw and Michael Thomas is the guy catching it. But I feel like um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but isn't doesn't Tyler Boyd make a little more sense? Uh, probably. And I can't believe you're saying that either. But or Thielen. Uh, I think the, th- the problem with Thomas is I think you like need nine catches for it to work. Yes. And that, that's that's hard to gamble on right there. Yeah. Um, and and it's nine. Ca- like how many times if I told you, like, you're going to get nine catches, how many yards are you like expecting from a regular wide receiver when you get nine catches? Yeah. You want like 135 and a touchdown. Right. And it's, right. Uh, I just don't know if that's going to happen the way their offense is built right now. I also think they're going to probably try and hand it off to Kamara bunch to, to run some clock. But yeah. uh, I just I just don't trust Bridgewater. But maybe Taysom Hill will come in for a triple reverse uh, double pass <laughs> play and we'll be good. Um. <sighs> On the top, uh, we talked about Hopkins. We talked about Julio Jones. I think it's pretty clear we like both of them. Everybody's going to like DeAndre Hopkins this week. Three straight games where he has under 70 yards and no touchdowns. He had a stretch last year where he didn't do that at all. And yeah. it, a stretch before the year before that. like he was, It was a weird stretch where he either scored or had over 70 yards in every game. Tennessee wide receivers thrashed them last week. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Uh, I think it's just, there's not much to talk about here. I think everybody's going to be buying in on Hopkins. And I don't have a problem with it. I think I'll be buying in too. Yeah, uh, I think there's a path there's like an obvious path to having him available in cash games. Like usually you don't see um, the, the upper tier wide receivers that popular in cash games, just because people like to focus on pass catching running backs. But like if we get Samuels, um, that's a significant savings. And John David Johnson's kind of a little bit lower um, from the elite group that uh, you're going to have salary. And so Hopkins is definitely, I mean, Hopkins and Julio Jones, I would be shocked if you saw both of them in cash games. Um, But yeah, they, I think, they're appropriately the most expensive guys, and um, I think you can play either one. Yeah, and I mean, Julio only had seven targets last week against uh, Tennessee in a game they were losing. Like, I think they're going to try and fix that. But, you know, when you can throw the ball off to Austin Hooper 76 times, you got to do it. Uh, what about the Tampa wide receivers? We talked about uh, Michael Thomas. We got Chris Godwin, the monster game last week against the Rams, 12 for a buck 72 and two touchdowns. He seems to kind of trade off weeks a little bit with Mike Evans, although Mike Evans was good last week too. But, you know, two weeks ago, he had, he, had, he was one of the monster game. Uh, the Saints were good against Dallas last week before that. A ton of production, wide receiver production against the Saints before last week. Uh, Evans has 22 targets the last two weeks. Do you have a guy that uh, among these two you like? It, it seems like it's hard to pick which one each week. I think it's Godwin week to week. Like we, there's just a longer track record. Not that the season is all that long, but it just seems like 
it's more often Godwin. Uh, and so, uh, but given the situation, it's, it seems like an easier one to just skip. Um, especially in this matchup, if we, if we think somehow New Orleans keeps it low scoring by keeping the ball as much as they can, uh, that obviously takes it away from, from Winston to get to these guys. But, uh, it's not like it's a running back by committee situation, but it's, it's tough to, to see a clear one. I mean, you could make the argument that you could play either of them. Um, but I tend to try to find safer situations elsewhere and not think I'm hoping this is the Godwin week as opposed to, I'm pretty sure it's a Michael Thomas week, for example. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, you mentioned Tyler Boyd, 6,500 on DraftKings, 6,700 on FanDuel. Only three for 33 last week on six targets, but uh, the Cincy O we mentioned many times was just dead last week. He did have double-digit targets the three weeks prior to that. Has not scored yet, but John Ross is out. He's on the IR now, so you got to figure it's uh, when they're passing the ball, it's going to be a lot of Tyler Boyd. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's, I mean, I I have to expect that they're going to be throwing the ball, um, although that's still just like faith that Arizona can keep this close. But yeah, I mean, Boyd Boyd's it now. I mean, he, Boyd was pretty much it before. Uh, Ross uh, obviously had like the long, you know, a ton of air yards and was the long, the deeper guy, but Boyd has been fairly consistent throughout the season. And now it just opens up more, um, at least in theory. Again, we're relying on Andy Dalton, unfortunately. Since we're talking about this game, I'm actually going to jump down price range. So the guy that I think is going to be very popular on DraftKings is Auden Tate, uh, 3,500 on DraftKings. Uh, John Ross is out. Uh, Tate has 16 targets the last two weeks, and we've talked a lot about Arizona can't guard the tight end. You know, Tate is kind of one of those big targets. He's 6'5", like 235. Uh, I think he's going to be really popular this week, but if you get a guy getting targets and, you know, the other guy's out at 3,500, it's it's hard to get away from Tate this week in, in a build where you're looking for a cheap wide receiver. Yeah, I, I kind of clicked right on Tate uh, early, and it's kind of right. a – you can't expect a ton um, because, like, we don't really know, and he hasn't had, like – uh, enough of a track record, but two games is fine. But like the, it's the 3,500 that you're like, well, if, if he's a dud, like I'm at least able to use the money elsewhere. And that's when I was like, Oh my God, I have Tate and Boyd in a cash lineup. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Am I really considering Dalton? And so, um, I agree that I think Tate's going to be pretty popular, uh, which, you know, the, the, uh, stubborn part of me is like, well, that just ensures, ensures that Boyd will have a huge game while I have on Tate with uh, three points, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think he makes a ton of sense. And obviously uh, for those who, you know, if you want to play McCaffrey and Zeke, uh, you need guys like Tate. And so um, he kind of puts you down that path of, of uh, being able to pay up elsewhere. So uh, what the heck do we do with the, uh, with the Vikings pass catchers? You know, they've uh, it, it was a, it was an ugly week last week against the bears after, after the game, um, Adam Thielen made some comments that were very clearly uh, taking shots at Kirk Cousins, you know, missing a couple deep balls. That you know, He made a quote that, you know, quarterback's got to make that play. Uh, him and Diggs are priced down. Diggs missed practice on Wednesday because he was apparently upset and pissed off. And But he's back to practice on Thursday, said he's going to play uh, as long as they let him, was his quote. But Thielen is down to 6,700 DraftKings. Diggs is down to 6,200. Uh, you know, Thielen's really good. You wonder how much the squeaky wheel narrative, which the receiver, you know, maybe they game plan to get him the ball, but he hasn't topped five catches in a game, hasn't topped 75 yards in a game. It's hard to really bank on the value, on the volume right now. And they're playing the Giants who, you know, if they get up 
you know, 14 to three or something like that. And Dalvin Cook makes a big play. You could see the passing game going away again. Uh, the Giants were thrashed by Mike Evans a couple weeks ago. You know, the Dallas wide receivers went crazy on them week one. So, um, you know, they're good against Buffalo and Washington, but I think we can toss that out with the, when it comes to those two offenses. But um, are you playing Thielen or Diggs this week with the with the new lower price? So you just want to stay away from this until we see something? What are you doing with these two guys? I usually stay away from Diggs, at least in, in cash games. Thielen uh, gets enough of the volume or enough volume for me to, like, choose him over Diggs if I'm looking at both of them. Uh, but, like... The the game script seems so clear, or the potential game script of a eleven pass day for Cousins again, and so Ugh. even if even if they go into this game like we're gonna throw the ball right away, uh, with how bad the Giants' defense is, fourteen um, nothing, you know, if, after the first quarter, like why would you ever give the ball to Cousins again as opposed to just running it with with Cook all day? And so um, I like Cook much more than I like the Thielen or Diggs. And so, uh, but because of Cook's price, like I, I'm perfectly content with like no Vikings this week. Yeah. I just don't know what we're going to get. I think you could, you could see that game where, you know, like if they need to feed Thielen to, to keep him happy, but you, like you said, you know, if they get up 17, three, they're not going to do that even, you know, just to do it. So, um, in that range, a little bit cheaper, we have uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling with mm-hmm. uh, Devonte Adams not playing. He moves to the number one receiver in Green Bay. You know, maybe uh, you know not quite the volumes that Adam Adams would get normally, but you know, Scantling's been pretty good. Twenty nine targets through four games, even with Devonte Adams in there. Uh, he becomes especially interesting. You know, if Green Bay gets behind in this game a little bit, uh, you got to think they're going to throw. Uh, how do you feel about Valdez Scantling moving into that number one spot? Uh, he's another one that like it. It makes total sense, um, especially with Adams out. And so uh, you like to see more catches. I mean, he's gotten the targets, but um, for cash games, at least, you want to see more. I and mean, we know that he can he can score, which is kind of nice. But, um, like, how do you think Green Bay actually tries to win this game? I think so much depends on what Dallas does. I mean, if, you know, if Dallas is like where they were last week and running the ball and keeping it kind of uh, low scoring, you could see this game – uh, you know, turn into a, a little bit of a defensive battle, I think. But if they if they open it up a little bit and they get up, uh, you know, 10 nothing earlier, 14-3, I mean, Green Bay's going to have to throw the ball. Rodgers is obviously a, a fantastic uh, guy to have the ball thrown to by. And I think it, it, this game really depends on game flow for me. I can see Vela's getting doing really well. I can see this turn into a defensive battle. I haven't I haven't quite figured out how I think this game's going to roll. That's my problem, too. Like, I could yeah. see half the halftime score of, like, 12-10. And, yeah. like, that's not enough for... Valdez Scantling to get a ton of targets either to get to 12, 10 or to, to get them in the second half. And so, uh, the, the safety is not there, meaning the safety of the points. And so he's in this weird range where they're not necessarily like, he might be the best guy in that group. Um, when you're looking like Allen Robinson, um, although with how much you love Chase Daniel, maybe not, um, but like Sterling Shepard against it's, the Vikings. It's the, it's the British fans who love Chase Daniel. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I put words in your mouth there. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of, um, it's a weird zone, uh, particularly because I feel like the guy that jumped out at me from this range was Emmanuel Sanders. Um, and it was more the, he's coming off like a bad, I mean, he was, I'm sorry. He had a great game last week. He had a, a terrible game the week before. And you know, the Chargers can play a few different guys on him, but the way I just kept looking at it was uh, the Chargers have a decent pass rush, and if Joe Flacco can just needs to get rid of the ball quickly, Sanders gets open so fast that maybe he's the best one in this group, which is why I don't necessarily need to take the risk on, on Valdez Scanling. 
Yeah, and in that in that same range, you know, you can kind of say the same thing about Cortland Sutton, uh, Sanders' right. teammate. Yep. You know, kind of quietly having a breakout year, uh, at least seven targets every week. He's uh, he was six for sixty-two and two touchdowns last week against the Jaguars. Uh, Cortland Sutton's averaging seventy-seven yards a game. That's uh, it's pretty darn good through four weeks. Yeah, sure is. I mean, th- this team could be good if they had a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the offense is it becomes interesting if you have anybody besides Joe Flacco throwing these guys the ball. Right, right. Unless we're not giving uh, Flacco enough a- credit. Yeah, you you mentioned Brady earlier. Um, you know, you, you're worried about the the game script and game flow, and that makes sense. Uh, the both their pass catchers are down in the low six thousands, kind of in the same range here. Do you do you have any interest in Edelman or Josh Gordon this week? Um, no. I know how much you love the Patriots in general, so I figure you, you yeah. have some. Uh, I just don't ever like like it's it. I always struggle to find like a game script that I want to play the Patriots in because um, it's like. They're huge favorites, and but I'm not going to play Sonny Michelle expecting them to be up. And then if I think it's going to be Brady, then why don't I just play Brady? Uh, but it seems like every time I play Brady, Burkhead has two touchdowns. You know, it's just, there are just so many ways that they can score that it just leaves so many ways to be exposed in a lineup when you have somebody. So going with somebody like Edelman or Gordon when I can pay a little more for Boyd or a little less for Fitzgerald or um, Robinson, Valdez-Scantling, I, I mean, I, I think they make great GPP plays because you just never know. But yeah. um, I think that game could actually be an interesting game stack um, if you really think that that the the Redskins can do anything or even just with Chris Thompson trying to come back. But uh, I just have, in, in like a one-off situation, I don't know how you, how you ever decide on Edelman or Gordon um, or any of the running backs. Yeah, I think I only play one of them if I do stack it. I go, I go Gordon Brady probably if I had to stack something yeah. with the thought that I think Josh Gordon's got to get going at some point. And it, it's interesting. I, I Terry McLaurin's fifty one hundred on DraftKings. I think he's only a play if, if Case Keenum starts. We don't know who's going to start there. I would not play him with McCoy or Dwayne Haskins. But if if Keenum starts and you know he, he's uh, he's a guy who'll take some chance and throw the ball on the field. I think McLaurin is mildly interesting in a game where uh, you know they're going to have to come back. But yep. for me, it's only if only if Case starts. Yeah, I think that's. I mean. Think about what you're saying first off, and but then I also think you're right. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it, 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 it's it's crazy, but it it makes sense more over the guys there. Um, we talked a lot about Will Fuller. I think unfortunately, I like him a lot, but I think he's going to be pretty popular too. Unfortunately, just uh, forty five hundred DraftKings is really cheap. I mentioned the uh, the forty percent of his targets, fifteen yards downfield. Uh, AJ Brown and Corey Davis, we mentioned going crazy against this Atlanta secondary last week. Twenty targets last week hasn't topped fifty one yards. <laughs> Uh, a monster game for Will Fuller is coming. I, I don't think you can really time it and know when it's coming, but it's coming. And uh, I'm certainly going to have a, so him in some laps because I don't want to miss it because uh, I've already played him a little bit. But uh, I think we're getting a big Will Fuller game here in the next uh, next two or three weeks. When it's, we're going to see a really big game. Yeah, I think the other thing with Fuller, though, is that he could have a huge game with Hopkins. Like, yep. if this game, but Atlanta and, and Houston are not exactly like high-running teams. And so... Um, staying away from the running backs and stacking as many. I mean, Fuller, Hopkins, Jones, Ridley with Ryan, like it's not that expensive, uh, even though you have the two high price uh, wide receivers. But, it, you know, if we have guys like Samuels and Howard that you played at running back, like you could get a ton of um, of guys out of this game. And like I said, like you can have good games from all four of those wide receivers and nobody would be shocked. Last uh, last guy I want to talk about is Marquise Brown. Uh, we talked about Lamar Jackson earlier. Brown's still priced pretty well, 5,700 on DraftKings, 5,400 on FanDuel. 
weird usage last week. He had seven targets, but they didn't use him deep at all. He had yeah. like a, he had a really low A dot last week compared to he compared to a huge A dot over the first three weeks. And they were using him deep, and he used him differently. And I don't, I just don't know if that was their their game plan against Cleveland, or you know they got behind. You think they would have been thrown deep, but maybe Cleveland's uh, secondary is playing deep as a result, a little prevent there. So um, some game script stuff kind of worked against him. Uh, I, I still like pairing him this week with Lamar. I think that uh, if, I, if I'm going to pair, you know, one of the receivers, it's, it's definitely Brown. Um, you know, the targets are there, the snaps are there now since week one. I just think that uh, they're going to have to flow a little bit differently than they did last week. And last week is a weird game for them. Uh, and I think that uh, if, they, if Pittsburgh can score a little bit, uh, this game becomes a little bit interesting. But uh, I do like Brown still this week. But obviously, I think he's more of a GPP than a cash guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were talking earlier this season, or maybe it was after the week one game, but they were like, or it was, it was after week two. They're like week one. They were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this guy is actually much better than we ever thought he was going to be. And then they fed him in week two, and he was okay. Uh, but it seems like they have no idea how to use him now. <laughs> like it's this odd situation yeah. where he, he caught two of nine targets in week three, and four of seven for twenty-two yards, like you said last week. And it's like they're trying to develop a way to use him, um, as if like they can't just look back on week one and say like this is how we should use him. He's a great deep threat. And I think, I mean, it was funny because Cleveland had, you know, injuries in the secondary, but I think their game plan was good. They kind of set it up like, you know, Lamar Jackson's throwing deep a lot. We're going to go ahead and bracket the deep ball and make you make you beat us underneath. And it's just not what they want to do. And you could right. tell that the Baltimore was a little bit out of out of sorts early. And I think that uh, Cleveland came in with a really good game plan. I'm not sure Pittsburgh will do the same, but, uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a blueprint on how to slow this offense down a little bit. It'd be interesting to see if they, how, uh, how, how, how Harbaugh adjusts. Speaking of Pittsburgh, what are your thoughts on like Deontay Johnson? Or he's really the one I want to talk about. I'm done talking about Juju. Yeah, Juju last week, you know, three for 15 with all the checkdowns. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Deontay had the big play last week. And, uh, you know, he's now had touchdowns a back-to-back week with Rudolph throwing deep. I don't know. He was so – it was kind of a weird play last week. He was wide open yeah. and, you know, it, it was uh, it was just right there. But he leads the, he leads wide receivers and targets in Pittsburgh since since Rudolph took over. Everybody talked about the, you know, Mason Rudolph, James Washington, Oklahoma State connection that is yep. not, uh, not played in, in at all. <laughs> Uh, he's clearly ahead of James Washington. He's behind Juju still, but yeah, I don't know. He's five thousand on Fanduel. What is he on DraftKings? Uh, Forty-four hundred. He's a hundred yeah, less than I Will mean, Fuller. I just, yeah, I mean, if you if you wanted to pivot away from the popular Fuller, I, I guess I could see it, but I think I'd go down to Auden Tate instead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you, I think it's uh, you know you have to get a big play touchdown to do it, and this this offense is taking so few shots right now. I just I don't think I want to play it. Yeah. That's where I am. The last group I want to talk about um, is Carolina um, because DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are both cheap. Um, I, I, they should be cheap, uh, but is that enough to consider them or are you just not on them? Uh, I'm not really game. on them. I like them at uh, I like them as players. You know, uh, Jalen Ramsey didn't practice uh, today or, mm-hmm. or ye- sorry yesterday, yesterday or Wednesday. Where it's Friday now. I could I could keep my days of the week straight. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I could see DJ Moore Samuel making a big play. I just I don't know if the volume's there yep. for in that offense right now. You know, the volume goes so much towards number twenty two that I just don't. Uh, I don't know. Not uh, not guys that uh, that I'm targeting this week in a game that has a, a an over over under a forty one. I think is about right. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, real quick, let's jump down to some tight ends and defense before we get out of here. But first, a note from our primary sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. 
That's right. The Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. So tight ends this week, uh, we are uh, we are missing uh, George Kittle and uh, Tra- or Travis Kelsey on the on the main slate. They play Sunday night and Monday night. Zach Ertz is the one guy that's lingering. Uh, only six thousand on drafting, sixty seven, sixty six hundred on Fanduel. He's very closely priced with like a lot of the top guys on on Fanduel. And Austin Hooper is actually more expensive on Fanduel than Zach Ertz is. That's wild. Uh, hasn't scored this year, but over fifty yards every week. Fifteen targets the last two weeks. Uh, if I'm paying up for any of this group of tight end, for me this week, it's Zach Ertz over Hooper, over Ingram, over Darren Waller. He's my favorite guy uh, in, the, in his upper range if you're not paying down. Do you know that the Jets have given up fewer tight end points than any team in the NFL? Uh, I do know that. Have they? Who have they faced among tight ends? Anybody well, good? Don't, don't worry about that. Oh, okay. No. It's um because uh, last yeah. week or week three, it was uh, it was Ryan Izzo that had the 40 yards. So I don't even know who that is. That was the only catch they had. Is that uh, is that Tom Izzo's nephew or something? It might be. It might be. I hope so. It actually might. Oh, the be. other the other ones are Demetrius Harris and Tommy Sweeney. Oof. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, they shut them down. They shut and, them down. <laughs> they held uh, the Browns to one catch for four yards, and Joku got hurt that game. Yep. And the Bills uh, three for thirty six. So it's a Hate gauntlet it. of tight ends that they've faced. They held everybody's hero Dawson Knox to one catch though. See. See. Yeah. Uh, the only reason to be hesitant, not hesitant, but the only reason to cons- reconsider Ertz ever so slightly is that Goddard's not bad, and he's 2,900. That is that is certainly true, and the, the Eagles might run the ball 600 times in the second half of this mm-hmm. game. Um, I just think the volume is there with Ertz. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, off of him, I just— I think that I don't want to play Darren Waller against Chicago. I know he gets a ton of targets, uh, never less than six catches in a game. He has been a absolute breakout guy. But at two hundred dollars less than Ertz going against the Chicago defense, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm going to go with Ertz every time on that one. How do you feel about uh, your favorite player in the NFL, Evan Ingram? Uh, it's a tough week to like. It's a tough defensive matchup. Like I, I. I get it. Like the the volume theoretically should be there, but going two hundred more for Ertz seems like a significantly easier way to go. Yeah, I was surprised Ertz wasn't like eight hundred more than than, yeah. than both of these guys. Um, jumping down a little bit, uh, you know, Mark Andrews last week only he only has forty six yards total. Last two weeks did have a garbage time touchdown last week, but still fifteen targets last two week. He's uh, he is a price bake off of Ertz on DraftKings. He's forty eight hundred there, sixty one hundred a Fanduel, so I'd probably go Ertz over him there, but. Uh, with the twelve hundred dollars cheaper on draftings, do you do you move to Andrews if you uh, if you're looking for a tight end? Uh, I think I'm actually going like much further down. Um, it okay. just doesn't seem like they're the potential impact guys. Uh, it's really just Ertz for me this week, and so if I'm not paying Ertz, playing Ertz, excuse me, like I don't think there's a significant difference between guys like Andrews and I'm Greg Olson or um, I think. Delaney Walker is not crazy um, just because he's cheap. Um, and if Buffalo, I mean, the, the hesitation is if they need him to block because the Buffalo pass rush is pretty good. But I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to make uh, reasons to play other guys. And the the one that jumps out, which he really should never jump out, and he is, and I can't don't, believe don't I'm going do back it. to this. Don't do it. Is Tyler Eifert. Don't do it. <laughs> they 
the Cardinals have given up, uh, if I've checked my numbers, 14,000 points to tight ends this season. No, it's um, they've given up um, just so many more. And we discussed this last week where um, we were like, don't play Will Disley this week because he is not um, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, or Greg Olson. And all he did was uh, catch like eight passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. To be fair, both both my pivots off Disley scored at least. Yep, yep. Hawkinson um, and Ebron, but uh, Disley was better both than both of them. I right. Admit that. Um, and Tyler Eifert is not Will Disley, but God playing... sentences you'd never thought you'd say out loud. Right, right. But here we are with, uh, I mean, thirty three hundred for a tight end against the worst tight end defense in the league. Which playing Eifert. So when you're looking, you're like, I want to play guys against Arizona. This has worked. Every week. And instead of paying up for Boyd or having to rely on Andy Dalton, you can pay a combined 6800 on DraftKings for Auden Tate and Tyler Eifert. So if they're awful, at least you have McCaffrey and Zeke and Julio Jones to make up for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am I am not playing Eifert this week. Okay. I think he looks slow. I think he looks fried. Hasn't topped 30 yards yet. I, I fully acknowledge that he catch a five-yard touchdown or even two five-yard touchdowns, but I think that's going to be the have to be the way it's going to go, and I yeah. don't like playing guys where I'm relying on that that red zone touchdown. I just I don't think the upside is there for, like, at least with Disney last week, it was possible you could see 67 yards. I don't think that's there for Eifert. I don't think the way they run their offense, it's there. Uh, hasn't topped 30 yards. You know, Arizona's allowed six touchdowns to tight ends before, which is just crazy to it's think nuts. about. But um I just don't like how Eifert looked. He dropped a touchdown last week. I just I think he looks like all the injuries have finally caught up. See, dropping a touchdown last week just makes me think he had a red an end zone target. It's true too. I'll tell you right now that uh, OJ Howard outscores Tyler Eifert this week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, if who I, of the cheaper if, guys do you like, or do you not? Uh, you just don't think it's I, worth going down there. I don't love them this week. I mean, you know, the crazy thing on DraftKings is Austin Hooper's 4,500 there. He's 6,700 on FanDuel. So uh, it's hard to play Hooper after, you know, coming off a couple of huge weeks. But I, you know, 4,500, I, I think that's workable if you have an, Air, an Atlanta Houston stack and you wanted to stick the tight end in there too. Yep. Um, I actually like Dawson Knox more than, than Tyler Eifert. I made fun of him earlier. But, you know, 3,100 on DraftKings, 115 yards last two weeks. He played 54 snaps last week. Obviously, you know, I'd like to see that uh, Josh Allen's going to play. But, yeah. um, you know, Tennessee allowed three tight ends to tight ends or to touchdowns to tight ends so far this week. And Austin Hooper had 130 yards against yeah. them last week. So they can, uh, you know, they can be gotten there. And Buffalo's going to have to find a way to get, to get some points in that game. Uh, I would go Knox. I'd actually go O.J. Howard instead. He's uh, he has 99 yards last two weeks, coming around a little bit. Um, the Saints allowed 90 yards to touch to tight ends last week, and Will Disley had them got them pretty good the week before. Um, Howard's 3,900 on DraftKings. I would go there instead of Eifert. I'd go Knox instead of Eifert. I go Hooper instead of Eifert. I go Andrews instead of Eifert and pay up. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I don't see it with Tyler Eifert on the field. I get the, all the stats. I get the Arizona thing. If he goes for 80 yards and two touchdowns, I'm just going to play every tight against Arizona the rest of the year and just forget time, trying to fade him. Yeah. I mean, at least we get the benefit of knowing that we have that situation every week then. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not doing it for this week. Uh, I'm going to watch that game and, and cringe every time they're in the red zone probably. But uh, <laughs> I just uh, – I don't see it myself. Uh, there's other guys I like more. But uh, I think he'll be the most owned tight end on, on DraftKings. Oof. Oof. Uh, it might be Ertz. I'll go second. I think Ertz probably is number one. Uh, but I think I think Eifert's one of the top two. Uh, are you are you playing him in your cash lineup? 
Um, I mean, if he's going to be the highest owned or one of the two highest owned, I don't, I don't it's what, what am I getting if I fade him? That's I'm, looking how on, I'm looking on, I'm looking on one site here that does, uh, that does projections to see what we're looking at in terms of Eifert. I think he's going to be top two, but let me, uh, but like, let me check it. Right but right. that's the point. So like, at least in cash games, if you're, if you don't play him and, and again, like if Eifert explodes, it's probably like 14 points. Like if yep. there are points that you can make up, but if I'm playing Eifert, that means I'm not playing any other tight end. And how many tight ends will be owned enough? I guess it's Ertz is really the only one, but like how many others are going to be owned enough where if they explode for 30, am I really in that much trouble in cash games? Yeah. The site I'm looking at, uh, had uh, Eifert number one on DraftKings, Andrews yeah. number two and Ertz number three. Oh, so I mean, yeah. And uh, you know about uh, in the in the the low the high teens on uh, on Eifert and kind of the mid teens in the two and then uh, on Fanduel it, it's definitely definitely gonna be Ertz uh, number one it looks like uh, you know I think that uh, you know being uh, being priced the same as those other guys where he's at least ahead on DraftKings and then uh, Eifert was fourth on there so I think DraftKings he'll be he'll be really high up there but you answer your question you're, you're right it's just you know what are you passing up and I think it's uh, I just think I just think cheaper I think Dawson Knox is a better play but. Um, I get it. The Arizona defense has been batting against tight ends. Maybe I'll get burned again, but uh, I'm not doing it this week in cash or GPP on Eifert. Fair enough. Uh, real quick, um, talking some defenses. Uh, is there anybody that jumps out to you? There's there's one defense that I really like on DraftKings for the price. I want to see if you're on the same one. Uh, before I jump on that, I think the Patriots defense might be the most <laughs> underpriced player on the entire slate. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite a statement. I, I don't know why they're only 4,300. They're 5,500 on, on FanDuel at least. So I, I think that they'll, uh, they'll at least you have to think about it there, but 4,300 on, on DraftKings. It's uh, yeah, I could see a lot of people going there. We obviously like they've had three touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, it was two t- in week and two given and up one like, last week. like two touchdowns all year, whatever all year. It is. Um, yeah. they have 10 interceptions in four games, which is nuts. Um, they've had 17 can, can, sacks. Can they can they play a, a non-garbage team at some point this year? No. They still have another game against the Jets. They play the Dolphins again. Like they, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL, which is they, well deserved. It actually it actually gets really wacky about uh, about week eight. They go yeah. through a really tough stretch finally, but uh, but like not really. I mean, it's like tough uh, for anybody else. Yeah, no, they go uh, they go uh, they go Dallas. They go Philly, Dallas. They go Baltimore, Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. Are they, are they underdogs in any of those games? Uh, I think they're underdogs. Like when you really think about it? Maybe yeah, in Kansas City? They're probably three-point favorites at Baltimore. They're probably four-point favorites at home against the Chiefs. They're probably five-point yeah. favorites home against Dallas. But, yeah, right. I mean, but that's a that's a stretch of five yeah, straight games. Yeah, it's tough games. They sure. get pretty tough. Sure. And, but, I mean, they get Washington, the Giants, and the Jets the next three weeks. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. God. Anyway. Uh, so the defense, the defense I really like is is way down the list on pricing is Carolina at 2,600 on DraftKings. Um, they have 14 sacks the last two weeks. Uh, Jacksonville allowed five sacks last week. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew has played well, but uh, still a rookie. And the way he likes to kind of make plays out of nothing, um, I kind of like that as a defense. You know, maybe he'll do that and then throw an interception. I think that uh, I think Carolina is my favorite defense on DraftKings for sure at 2,600. I think, they're, I think they're underpriced there. They're 4,400 on FanDuel, so I could see going other ways uh, on FanDuel. But uh, I think on DraftKings, they're, they're my favorite play. I like that. I like that call a lot. Um, what do you think about Buffalo at 3,100 on DraftKings? 
like uh, like them a lot. That's probably uh, they're probably my second favorite uh, with the with the thought that if I'm gonna pay up a little bit, it's gonna be for them. I think that they they force Tennessee to makes my only problem with going against Tennessee is sometimes Tennessee gets in those games where they just hand the ball off over right. and over. Yeah, that's the problem. Mariota dumps off and checks off a lot. He didn't last week, but you know he usually does. They just don't uh, they don't lead themselves to. Um, I don't think they have a turnover so far this year. That's crazy. I think they I think they actually have zero turnovers. I think I read that that Tennessee is the only team without a turnover. So I love the Buffalo defense on on a real world uh, scale and you know on the field. I just don't know uh, I don't know if I love facing Tennessee as a as a fancy defense. Yeah. And the the last one that jumped out at me that I thought was a little weird was the Chargers are actually cheaper than the Broncos. Like what is the expectation just that they don't get enough turnover? Like how is that possible? Yeah, they've been pretty quiet, but they did have five sacks last week against Miami. And the Denver offensive line was good last week, but they allowed six sacks the week before. You know, I think that, you know, Joe Flacco in a game where he's trailing is always a good target for me. So, yeah, I think that uh, I like Carolina a little more, $100 cheaper. But uh, as I as I play some some GPP lineups, I think that, uh, you know, I'll have, I'll have some uh, Chargers ownership for sure. Yeah, I mean, just with the way that they can get to a quarterback and not that, I mean, Flacco's not going to move. And so I, that's all I see. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know you got uh, you have the the Bears uh, against the Oakland against Oakland in in London the neutral site game thirty eight hundred draft teams five thousand on Fanduel I think the Bears are you know always a good play but you know again Derek Tar- Carr tends to check down and throw uh, you know the short quick passes and maybe right. avoid some sacks and avoid some turnovers while avoiding points also mm-hmm. but uh, and then Philly against the Jets you know if uh, if Sam Darnold doesn't play they're they're thirty seven hundred draft teams you could see playing that one too the Philly defense has not been good so far this year fantasy wise or real world wise but. You know, you can see that developing into a game where they, where they, the Jets make some mistakes. I'm just not sure they actually do. Like, I'm not sure that they throw the ball enough to, yeah, even behind. Like, like they just might, it might be four yard checkouts, Le'Veon Bell, and that's that's terrible for a fancy defense. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to also emphasize we didn't talk about this before because I, I wouldn't play him, but the checkdowns to Le'Veon Bell is why I don't think anybody should play Jamison Crowder. Uh, I, I agree there. I think that uh, Crowder's only a play with me when, when Darnold's back. Right, right. Unless it's a seventy-five point point per reception for people named uh, Jameson. So ah, that Antoine Jameson's probably pretty good in that league too. <laughs> big, target big target over the middle, yeah, just like target. yeah, six yards. You just throw up jump balls yeah. like the uh, like the Stanford offense right there. You just there you throw go. jump balls to to Antoine. I think he's like forty-seven years old, but it's all right. I'm old enough to remember when he was a beast in college. He was a beast. I was old enough to remember when I was fired up. The Warriors drafted him. Ooh. I like it. Oh, they traded. They traded. They drafted Vince Carter and traded for traded Jameson on draft. Yeah, I remember that. Didn't work out great, but Jameson had that that fifty point game where Kobe had fifty in the game too. It was an awesome one of the few awesome Warriors games in the nineties. Vince Carter still around too. Incredible. There's no way he's still playing. Still playing. It's it's crazy and still like can dunk. It's Mm -hmm. it's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. So, anybody else on this slate you want to talk about? I think we kind of hit all the uh, all the plays I wanted to get to. But anything else that uh, you want to discuss? I think any discussion of Jameson Crowder means we're done. I think that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty fair point and a good way to end up. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Again, as you, if you could please rate over the podcast, that'd be great. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Uh, happy to answer questions on there, especially as we get closer to uh, closer to Sunday. We get some more injury news, etc. Happy to uh, talk some uh, talk some main slate on there also. But hope everybody has a fantastic week five, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. 
the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.